Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. So grab your Bible, if you would, and go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And let me go ahead and let you know, when I say open your Bibles to so-and-so, everybody goes, woo! Just let y'all know. So you'll know what's going on. It's just because we're excited about the Bible. Amen. Anybody love the Bible? You believe it's true? Okay. All right. Isaiah chapter 40. If you're one of those digital uh, users who use the YouVersion Bible app, uh, you can actually go. There's a live event taking place right now where you can follow along with the message right there, a place where you can take notes, save that, share that. Uh, again, joys of technology, you're welcome to jump in and be a part of that. But Isaiah chapter 40, when you have it, say amen. 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 Let's do this. Let's pray. And then we're going to just hang out in God's word and uh, allow him just today, hopefully just to speak to every heart here and that we receive. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for every person who's a part of Faith Renewed, this church family, God, and the bigger church at large, God. Those who are out today, Lord, in other places preaching the gospel, sharing the truth about your son, Lord. I pray blessings upon each of them, Lord, and upon this day and what you're doing here in our lives, God, that we'll be open, we'll be receptive, Lord, today, God, and we'll respond accordingly, Lord, to your word, and we'll receive it openly, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say this, man. These are some of the greatest stories ever told. Just tell them that. These are some of the greatest stories ever told. All right. The reason I say that is this, because we're in a series right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And what we're doing is we're going through the Old Testament together. And so uh, we now find ourselves, we're in the book of Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah, uh, we're in about the fourth week of Isaiah. And uh, we last week spent time in chapter four. And uh, if you were here last week, uh, we, we, our, our big kind of focus was, hey, Christmas in July. Come on, man. You know, it only comes once a year, December, so we focus in on, on it, you know. So we try to bring a little bit in, and, uh, and we had Christmas in July last week, and we uh, celebrated it there in uh, Isaiah chapter 7 that God came to earth. It was, according to the words that we read, it was Emmanuel. God with us. And so in just quick review, I gave you two things last week that we learned from Isaiah chapter 7. Number one was this, is that God came to earth. Man, aren't you thankful? Amen, Ms. Glenette. Aren't you thankful that God came to earth? He came through, through the person of Jesus. And, um, and there's multiple, many reasons why he came. And we, actually, we tried to answer that last week. And we answered the question, why did he come? Why did he come? And so I, I gave you several points. You'd need to go back and listen to the podcast and, and uh, listen to those, write those down. You can. We make those available for you. But in summary of that, it was this, that he came to rescue you and me. Come on, man. Yes. He came to rescue you and me. He came to save us and, and, to, and to save us. And he, he came to do this, to have a relationship and begin a journey with us that could last throughout all eternity. This thing never has to end. And so it's a beautiful thing that God did this. He came to earth. We call it around here, it's the gospel. And I never tire of the gospel, man. I never, it never gets old to me, the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus, he came to this earth. The good news is this, that Jesus got on a cross, died in my place for my sins. 
Amen. I celebrate it because I needed him. Amen. And I I must have that. We celebrate the gospel because, again, it didn't end with his death. We sung just a moment ago that it was it was on that third day that that tomb is is Jesus laid it. The stone rolled away, man. And Jesus rose from the grave, man. Come on. Amen. It's kind of like, you know, again, we don't celebrate Easter enough. Come on. Jesus is alive. And so today he's alive. He's alive forevermore. The Bible says this. He ascended to heaven. He's going to come again. And so, again, everyone who's began that relationship, who has that, will spend eternity with them. And the truth is this. Those who reject that will spend eternity separated from him. But, but here's the good news. Jesus gave his life for us. Now, we did this last week, and, and we do it, again, not just on Christmas, but we do it typically during our Christmas service. We receive communion together. Our communion elements are always available for you every week that you can take those. But we receive communion together. And it was, it was kind of like, I guess in a way, uh, like Christmas in December for South Carolina sometimes. Because, I mean, we took communion together and then went outside and left. It was like 90 degrees. You just never know. I mean, you know, so it was, it was kind of like Christmas in, in December. But, um, but it was, again, wonderful to think about that. Now, I want to continue on in Isaiah. And I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be real. Uh, Isaiah has been a, a, a tough one for me to kind of put into messages. It's just so big. There's just so much going on in this book. And I've, I'm going to be honest, this probably more than any other books that we've gone through so far, as much as probably this is one of my favorites, it's been, it's been a tough one because trying to process and put this in, I was like, if we really went through Isaiah, it, this, 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 just alone, Isaiah, would be as long as his greatest stories ever told series. And that's been a long series, guys. I'm just going to be honest. But, uh, but it's been good. Something new every week. But as, as we go through this, it's just getting hard to process. So I was just asking the Lord, God, what do we need from this? What can we draw? What can we take from this? And so I believe he's been speaking to us. Now, today I'm going to do something. As I speak to you, I'm going to kind of go into some things and share some things because, uh, just preface it by this, I'm, I'm big on the Bible and people not taking things out of context and trying to just make it like kind of fit their agenda. I'm not big on that. I'm, I'm, I'm big on what we need to study the scripture. I, I love, I'm a Bible nerd. I, I, I like Greek. I like Hebrew. I like learning some of the truths of scripture. And because again, some of our English words sometimes are just not sufficient for what is beautiful about this book. But sometimes, I'm just going to be honest, there's sometimes that's been an issue for me because I'll go into reading and spending time in this book and I'll start trying to dissect and look for things. I'll start trying to go off down these journeys and start digging in, and I think we should. But I was just study, show yourself approved, man, a workman under the Lord. Listen, get in this book, study it in great detail. But sometimes you just, you just need a word. Let's just be honest, man. S- sometimes... You just need him to speak, and it doesn't matter if it's in Greek, Hebrew, uh, Aramaic, Spanish. Lord, just let it be your voice, and let me hear it. That's where I've been, and, then, and I, I really feel like Isaiah is, is one of those books that, for me, is, is a book that I go to for that. And, and today, I'm going to do something again, typically, you know, again, may not always do. I'm, I'm going to pull out a verse of Scripture, and we're going to speak from the verse in three different passages of Isaiah. And I believe, again, these can be standalone verses. And uh, again, I believe the Bible backs up what I'm going to say and what I teach and what we share. But I want to just, again, speak and let these words speak to you, because we saw some something happened. 
In Isaiah, I told you, this is broken down, 66 chapters. And we saw the first 39 books and chapters in Isaiah are mainly dealing with like the judgment and the struggles and the disobedience of Judah and Israel and all those types of things that they've been through. We see a lot of, it's a lot of wonderful truths and things that we can draw from, but something happens in Isaiah chapter 40. All right. In Isaiah chapter 40, this is a transitional chapter. This is where the, the book itself begins to shift and things begin to happen. And it's been wild. This has been probably Isaiah chapter 40 and beyond is one of those places that I personally will go to when I'm just like, man, in a tough place. And God, I'm just like, hey, I, I just need you. And so I'm going to share with you today three, three things from Isaiah, and we're going to uh, just again dig in. This is kind of how some of the rest of our study will go in Isaiah. But, and I believe, again, you need to be here to be a part of this because something happens. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, it says this. Comfort. Yes, comfort my people. It just, that's awesome. It's, again, the shift happens. Comfort, yes, comfort my people says your God. Man, sometimes you just need his comfort. Amen? Sometimes you just need, again, a word from the Lord. And so today, I'm again, I want to look at three verses in Isaiah. And just again, these are go-tos from me. The Lord has helped me and just, be, again, been an encouragement to me. And hopefully today, they'll do the same for you. And so uh, the first one is this. We find it in Isaiah chapter 40, and it's in verse 8. All right? Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 8, it says this. It says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Come on. Amen. It don't matter if that's written Hebrew, Greek. They don't know. That's good. Come on. Amen. Just think for a second. Listen, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Forever. Because his word stands forever. Number one is this is true today. Number one is this. We can stand on God's word. Amen. We can stand on God's word. So this is what I want you to understand today. Again, it's just a simple truth. It's just, again, it's like, man, it's just, we need to be reminded of that. Go back to this, that we can stand on this book. I'm not talking about laying on the ground, stepping up on it. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about we can stand upon what this word says. This is not that we believe in any way, just something that contains the word of God. This is the word of God that he speaks to us in this book, that he, he shares with us his thoughts and, and his intent and his desires and plans for our life. It's the word of God, and it's beautiful. And it's amazing. Just a quick few facts that just kind of are like mind-blowing about the Bible. It was written over a 15-year span. and It was from 1400 B.C. to A.D. 100, by 40, over 40 generations, by 40 authors in different places. It was written in places like dungeons and prisons, in the wilderness, in palaces. It was written in all these places, in all these different time frames, people in different moods, different places, different continents, different languages. But the Bible does this over and over and over, proves itself to be true. That has to be God. There is no other way around that. And it's amazing. If you begin to do this, if, you, if you'll kind of keep current on what's happening, science is actually proving this book to be more and more true. 
The things that they're discovering, the things that they once thought that, that, that would show that this Bible was not truth is now pointing more and more and more that this is truth. Only God can do this. Why? Because of this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says this. It says, prophecy never came by the will of man. This book, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is, how, this is how this came here, man. The Holy Spirit of God began to flow through men, use them. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. It says, for the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the truths and intents of the heart. Listen, I want you to see this. Listen, when we have this book, we have him. When we have this truth in our life, we, we have him. And it's something that we can stand on. And I, I, I want you to just today to kind of just never get away from just a simple truth of Scripture. Now, I asked this earlier. I'm going to ask this service as well. Who, who was, who, who's kind of like brought up church? Like, you've been in this thing for a long time. For, but, all right, who, who's not? Who's kind of like later in life has come into to, to, to this? Several hands. Raise it up. About, actually, half and half, almost a little, maybe a little more, kind of come into this thing. I was always in church. Like nine months before I got here, I was already in church. I mean, you know, always we never miss in church. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. And that, that my family and my parents brought me up in church. And I remember I've seen a shift, kind of how some things happen in church or whatever, and technology and the advancement of some things, and it's great. Some of it's good. But, but I remember being a child and, and, and kind of hearing some of the stories in this book, the greatest stories ever told. I, I remember hearing some of them for the first time. Now, it's just, it's, just, it's just amazing as you're a child, you know, you're sitting there. And, and in our, our, I remember uh, some of the little precious ladies and, and, and people who taught some of the classes that I was in. And I was one of those kids, man, that you didn't want in your class, you know. I'm just going to be honest, man. You know, he talked about the little Rogers kid. You know, hey, you're getting a little Rogers kid next year, man. I'm going to be praying for you. You know, I, but I like to talk. You know, I like to engage, you know. But I, I remember hearing stories but for the first time, thinking about what was being said. We, we use something. I don't know if you know anything about this. Anybody know the flannel graph? Come on, flannel graph, people. Anybody? Okay, some of you are like, what's that, dude? Flannel graph is like you had a board, and it was made out of, it had this flannel, it had this felt material, and then what you would do is there would be little cutouts of the story in which you were telling. And uh, it was amazing. So, like, I mean, we're telling a story, and it's like, hey, you know, Paul is, you know, this story of having a Paul, and there's a little Paul. And then you have a little Paul, and the teachers walk around with little Paul and sharing a story, and then, then they do this. They connect it to the board. It's like, it's like magic, because you, you're not like, I mean, up there like having to push it on, you know, and, and they just kind of lay it across the board. It's Hug on the board. I'm going. This is awesome. I'm like, this is cool, man. This is great. And and I was listening to these stories, and man, I was hearing them, and I was like, man, I, I believe that. Do you? Some of y'all, maybe now you're for the first time hearing some of these stories, and you're going, I believe that. That's incredible. And I hope you never lose that. And this is what maybe I want to speak to somebody maybe who has read the Bible. Man, you maybe studied it. You maybe used to teach it. You preached it or whatever. But sometimes things have happened and some things have come your way. And now you're getting to this place where you're like, 
Man, do I still trust that? Listen, I want you to do something this morning. Stand on the word of God. It will not fail you. It will not leave you. And we can go through this book. And that's one of the things I love about this church, man. You guys love the Bible and we study it together. But there are so many truths. Just a few. Psalm 119, 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Listen, if you need direction for anything, there's something going on. Listen, pull the Bible out. We, we, we go to everybody else. We run to people. We run to things. We pick up the phone or we text. Listen, listen, go to the Word of God. Let Him bring direction and hope to you. Man, you need healing. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 20, and there are multiple, multiple passages upon this subject. He sent His Word and healed them. And He delivered them from their destructions. Listen, everything that you need today, I, I, there's nothing right now that is just happening in your life. That if we sat down together, grabbed a cup of coffee, opened up the, the, the Bible together, that you wouldn't find the answer in. It's there. And listen, I want you to know this this morning. Go back to the place, man, to where you say, I believe this book. I stand on this book. I trust it. So tell your neighbor. This just helps us all stay awake, be ready for the next one. Stand on the Word of God. Come on, tell them. Tell the one on the other side. Tell them, say, do this. Stand on the Word of God. Amen. Isaiah chapter 41, you can flip the page, and we're going to go into this second point. So again, just comforting scriptures, things that have helped me through my process, through my life. And I hope, again, you're grabbing hold of this. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Man, I've gone to that. If you don't already have these things underlined, highlighted in your Bible, do it. If you're digital, hit the little button. It'll highlight, man. You know, listen, highlight these things. Get these things in your heart. Listen, number two this morning is simply this. We don't have to fear. Come on, man. Y'all quiet. We don't have to fear. Amen. No fear. Listen, we have something now available for us. And, and again, the testimony that we heard today, there's a connector there of fear. Listen, this fear has to go. And so listen, I want you to understand, we don't have to fear. He says throughout Scripture, and I love 2 Timothy, verse 1. He said this in chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. There's actually a spirit of fear. There's something that connects itself to us, and it's a spirit from the enemy. And the, he did not, God did not give this to us. Look at what God gave us, of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's what he gave us. That's what God gave me. That's what he gave you. And so when fear tries to come in, things are happening in your life, and we will always keep going back to these truths, these principles, because there's so much here. John Wesley says it this way. He says, I have never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Whenever I fear, I feel fearful emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes. Thank God that he is still on the throne reigning. We went there a few weeks ago. Still on the throne reigning over everything, and I take comfort in his control over all the affairs of my life. How do you do that? How do you come against that? I know some people are, and we, Angel and I have this conversation, and she's like, you know, well, you're not geared that way. You don't have, you know, fears, and you don't struggle in that, that light. But I want you to, I'm just going to get real with you just for a second. All of us deal with that. The enemy will always try to come against you. He will always lie to you. He will always try to get you to not trust this word. 
He will always try to get you to come to the place to where, you know, you, you believe what he says over what this book says, over what God says about you. And this is what happens. We miss out on so many things in our life when we let fear come in. I, I, was, I was, again, I was a youth pastor for 10 years before we planted this church, and, and I made a whole lot of trips to amusement parks over those 10 years. Uh, you know, so I'm not a huge fan of some amusement parks today, you know, but because but, uh, we went a lot of times. Uh, we, I remember when I was in youth ministry, and uh, one of the trips we went to, we, we were, I believe, in Six Flags, which that place is not of the Lord. Um, I believe Six Flags, and, and there was a new ride that was, that was opening up, and uh, it just, just gets, got set up, and it was like the big deal. And so anytime there's like a new ride opening up in the music parks, everybody in the music park waits in line for it. And so we had a two and a half hour wait for like a 30 second ride. You know what I'm talking about, man? Oh man. You know, and so I I remember I I was in line with one of the guys in, in, in my youth group and I remember something happening. As we're in, this, in, the, in the line waiting, we're hanging out, you know, and they're trying to make it comfortable for you and, and, in the parts that they don't. Uh, but I remember waiting, and, and I remember that every time, it was a roller coaster, it was one of those deals like where you kind of lay forward, feet out, and you kind of like, just do this, you know, crazy thing through, through the ride. Every time that would come by us, people was like, yeah! screaming, going crazy, and just losing their minds. And I, I remember the fear in the guy's eyes that was with me. And now, um, I'm a youth pastor, so y'all, y'all apologize. Uh, just remember where I was at in life at this moment. You know, as youth ministry and, you know, uh, youth ministry, you just tell kids, whatever. You just say it, you know? And I remember like ragging the dude, like, man, you a little girl, you know, just, I mean, just messing with me. And I, nope, no offense. Y'all just pray for me. And, uh, and so I, I remember giving him a hard time, but I remember every time that roller coaster would come by, the fear become greater in his life. We waited two and a half hours and we got up there to get on that line. I was like, thank you, Jesus. And we finally got on, and he did this. He walked straight on through. <laughs> and didn't ride. Now, of course, man, I did this. I was riding by going, you little girl. You know, I mean, I was just, I was laying it out there, you know. But, but and I hope I didn't scar him. But, but I, I thought about this, and this is true. You know how many things we miss out on? How many things that, man, we can enjoy, experience things we never experienced, see things we never experienced, do things we've never done, and fear paralyzes us and keeps us from that. And so listen, I want you to grab hold of this today. Listen, there's hope, there's, there's healing, and, and there's a God who delivers us from that. First John chapter 4, verse 18 says it this way. He says that there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Some of you guys have been torment. We heard a testimony of that, how that fear would torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. It's when we encounter his love. We see him that we get set free from this stuff. And there's freedom from this today. God's going to set people free from this today if they will let him. Just open their hearts to this truth. And I like the picture he paints. How does this happen? What does it look like? This is what he says. He says he does this because he's holding our hands. He's holding our hand. 
I'm, it, I, listen, I don't want us to ever get too big to let God hold our hand. I, I remember my kids were little, and I miss it. I'm going to be honest. That, man, when they were young and they were little, and, man, I would get them and I'd hold their hand. And, uh, and just walk with them, and, you know, and it was just, it was just cool. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it's just awesome. They're holding their hands, you know, and they say, kind of get bigger. And Adam's like 20 today, and he still wants to hold my hand, you know? <laughs> so we do it sometimes jokingly, but you know something deep down? He likes it. <laughs> he does, man, and I do too. But we kind of laugh and go on, and then we kind of like take our hands off and be like, okay, man, that was weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but there's something about that, and, and it's because it's just, it's just so important. And this is, this is a picture he paints for us. This is what he wants to do. We should never get too old for that. Some of us, it's kind of like, we, like we're too cool. I don't need that anymore, man. I got this, you know. Listen, I, I wish, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I wish God would do the whole like, baby leash thing with us. <laughs> now, I used to not believe in the baby leash. You know what I'm talking about? The harness says, you got them by the leash. And I was like, man, that's cruel parents. Can't believe they would do that. Then I had kids. Come on, and then we're like, okay, man, I believe in the baby leash now. I mean, and we had one child, I ain't going to say who it was, we had to have it. It was important, and, and, and it was just needed because what would happen is they would get away from us. You know what we need to do today? Listen, some of you trying to get away, just hold his hand. It's easy for, to kind of listen, just, just for one moment for us to kind of get out. We, some, of, some people think, man, like pastors, they have everything wonderful, their, their lives are glorious. I wish my lesson. Trust me, please understand. Everything that happens in the past house isn't always good. There's, there's things that happen. I, I remember one time, and I asked permission from both involved to share this story. I, I remember coming home one day, and, and as I came in from work, uh, one of my children, it was Caleb, he was outside and he was running around, and, uh, and he was naked. This was last week. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, this was, he was like two years old. True story. True story. Like two years old. And, and I, I pulled up and he had done snuck out of the house. That joker was something. He done snuck out of the house and he was running around, took his clothes off, was running around outside having him a good time in, in the yard. And I pull up. I come in. Angel's helping the other two, two kids with, with their homework. She's working with them. And, and I yelled out, I said, Angel! Where's Caleb? Oh, he's watching TV. I said, no, he's not. And I, yeah, I let her know. He's outside. He was naked. It was just great. But, but, but you know what happens a lot of times? It's funny, but this is what happens to me. We pull away. We take off. And, man, listen, this is what he wants us to do. He wants to hold our hand. And there's power for it in this stuff. Because, and I think it's important. I've just, it's kind of neat that he says right hand because most people are right-handed. You know, that there are some, you know, more godly people, left-handed. One of the left-handed people, raise your hand just for a second, just kind of say, I know it's, look how little that is, man. Y'all are more godly, man. I believe that, man. And, uh, and you have more potential than anybody else. But, but there's so many people, and I think this is why he says right hand. Because, listen, this is why he wants to hold it. He wants to do the work. He doesn't want you to take the glory. And this, he wants you to do this. He wants you to hold his hand because he could do more than you could do. He, he could do it more successfully in less time if you would do this. Just hold his hand. And there's strength in that today. So listen, today, please grab this, man. There's no fear in him. No fear in him. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. So tell your neighbor, 
We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear. We're going to find a third and final one this morning in Isaiah 43, verse 2. And it says this. It says, when you pass through the waters, I love this verse. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. I want you to know this today. The third and the final one is this. We're never alone. We are never, never alone. You know, isolation is one of the greatest tricks of the enemy. He's so good at that. He's so good to pull you away from his presence. He's he's good about pulling you away from the presence of others, the godly people he puts in your life, connecting you to church family and people who love you and care for you and should be there for you. He's so good at pulling you away from this. And and he does this. He's he's good at this. I've watched him do it. He's very good at making you think, man, that nobody knows where you're at. Nobody knows what you've been through. Nobody cares. Listen, that you're alone. I mean, and it's possible, man, to be in a room like this today with this many people in it and still feel alone. But I want you to know today, and again, just a simple, beautiful truth for what it is. You're never alone. God said this about us. He said that he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. Listen, please understand, Dan. Again, sometimes you just got to do what I got to do. Just go to this, this, this book. Open it up, man. Again, it doesn't matter what translation, what language, whatever it may be speaking, context, proof text. He's with me. He's with me. I'm not by myself. I, there is someone who knows. And, and you could dig into this book and you'd find out Jesus understands he knows, he, he's been through and has dealt with and faced and has the answer to every situation. And there are guys like we see in Scripture like David, and, and there are words that use like saying that he is a man after God's own heart. There's many reasons why I believe the Bible says that, but one of them to me, I think we can find it in Psalm 23. In verse 4 it says this, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. One of the reasons I believe he's a man after God's own heart is because he understood this. God was with him. When he missed it, when he messed up, when when struggle happened, he went back to the answer. He went back to God. He went back to who cared and who could do something in his life. And he realized this, man, I didn't have to do that. God was, God was there for me. I could turn to him. And it's wild. We, we've seen in, in, our, in our culture, there's been this huge rise in, in gang activity. And there's been things that have happened because the world is, is able to kind of somehow get into the people's minds of some of these younger people and get them to think this way and believe that, hey, you come be a part of us, be a part of our group, and we'll, we'll have your back. We've got you. We'll, we'll look out for you. And, and in some cases, they do a better job. In some churches, and that's wrong. And that needs to change. And I believe, thankfully, in this church family, it is changing. But here's the truth. You know what they'll also do? They'll just soon kill you. They'll just soon, just soon hurt you. And, and here's, here's the truth today. We have a God who is for us, who said this, that he would never leave us. Today, we're not alone. And it's with this today. That God, that God today is the one who wants you to do this. Come to him and bring comfort to you. I, I want to angel if you would come up and... And Adam, if you guys would, and I want us to do this. I want you to stand with me, please. And this is something we do it, and every week. I always ask this question, and you'll find this in the U version app. 
there at the end of the message. Ask the question, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? And this is what I want you to do. I want you just to bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment if you would. Bow your head, close your eyes for a moment if you would. What is he saying to you? And we don't, we don't have to ask, is he speaking to me? He is speaking. The Bible says this, that his sheep hear his voice. So this is the truth today. If you're one of God's children today, he's speaking to you. And, and you can hear him. And here's a more, even more beautiful truth I believe is this. If you're not one of his children today, you know what he's doing. He's calling you to him. Shared at the beginning of this message that we love and celebrate the goodness and the good news and the gospel message of Jesus. And this is, what this, this is where this all begins for us. Us today doing this, putting our hope and faith in that message. It's not about like saying some magical prayer and then I just going about my life. It's about this introducing and coming into a relationship with a God who will change your life. You doing this, changing your mind, repenting, saying, man, God, I need you. I need to put my faith in you and trusting in what he did for you, believing that that is enough. That's why I came. So I want to ask you this morning, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, listen, God's speaking to you right now and you can hear him. He's drawing to you. What's he saying? If you haven't given your life to Christ, he's speaking to you and you can do this. You can respond right now to him. Accept his love, his grace, his mercy. Become a part of a family, true family. It's the family of God. So I want to ask you this morning, if you need to surrender your life to Jesus, maybe it's this, maybe it's this this morning. You know something, I, I used to trust the word. I used to stand on it, man, I, but I've, I've walked away. I don't have a relationship with him right now, but I want to have a true relationship, a walk with God every day of my life. That's what I want. If that's you, if you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Would you do that? Just you, you want me to pray for you? I'm going to do that right now. But I want to know if you're here. I want you to do this. If you, if you need to surrender your life to Christ, maybe recommit today. You're saying, Pastor, would you pray for me? Do this. I want you just to raise your hand up real quick. High as you can get it so I can see your hand. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high. It's okay. Man, God bless you. It's awesome. Who else? Raise it up high, man. God bless you. Man, God bless you. It's awesome. And he loves you so much. God bless you. Who else? Just raise it up high. Man, I want to have a relationship with God. That's what I want in my life. Listen, he's here for you. He loves you so much. This is what I want to do. If you just right there where you're standing, I just want to pray for you. That's what I just right now. If you're a believer in this room, you're a Christian, I want you just to join me in this prayer, if you would. As we, we get ready to welcome in people into the family who are going to celebrate, spend eternity with us in heaven, man. What a glorious day. But it's good now. It starts today. If, you, if you've raised your hand, just right now, right where you're, where you're at. It's not just a simple prayer, but this is an introduction. This is a beginning of a relationship that forever can change you. So just right where you're standing, if you just, just, and you're, just say something along these lines. Just say, God, I need you. Oh, man. God, I need you. I believe today and I put my hope and trust in today the gospel message of Jesus. The truth of his word. And I believe today 
Jesus has a better plan for my life. And I put my faith and hope in him. And I accept him today as my Lord. And I believe the good news today of Jesus. Help me, Father. Help me, Lord, to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate goodness of God? Come on, come on. Thank you, Father. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.